0: Sound
1: I rap at the door. My young son Gabriel walks in. My wife said, No, Gabriel, will leave I said, No, let the boy watch. Let the boy watch. He needs to learn the way I learned from my father, the way he learned from his father. Let the boy watch. Watch. Welcome back to episode number seven. The way he his seven? Father. What you know about seven? I don't know where that's from.
2: The uh, Dave
1: Chappelle. Oh. World Series of Dice. That's right. True. Lena Washington. Uh, welcome back to Let the Boys Watch, a entertainment podcast brought to you by Go and Great Productions. Uh, alongside me is a man who told me that he loved me. But that he wasn't in love with me. Cousin Benny. <laughs> the fuck is that about?
3: You'll find out later.
1: Uh and a, <laughs> and another man alongside the both of us uh is a man who's been fudging the podcast numbers in India. <laughs> <laughs> our good buddy, one of our co hosts, Ryan.
2: Uh, they'd be true if there was two Indias. That's
3: true. <laughs> Can you build me another India?
2: <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, thanks, Robbie, from a person whose numbers are, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, welcome to Let the Boys Watch. We are talking about Succession Season 4, Episode 7, titled The Tailgate Party. Best tailgate party I ever saw.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and um, yeah, I think let's start it with first impressions. Um, what'd you boys think? uh we'll get maybe get a plum watch and then we'll get to some emails by the way if you want to send us an email send us one we love it we got two technically three this week we'll get to those in a couple minutes uh what the hell's the email address ltbw podcast gmail.com yes mm-hmm. fucking did it one for one yes uh and follow <laughs> us on instagram uh let the boys watch pod two for two yeah, <laughs> in a thousand. There's so, um, Robbie, what'd you think of this episode overall?
1: I thought it was fantastic. I uh, I enjoyed it. <clears throat> I mean, the probably ninety nine percent of the episode, ninety five percent of the episode took place in Tom and Shiv's uh fantastic apartment, beautiful apartment, balcony views for days. Uh, I just loved it. Again, uh. I love all interactions. I'm a big uh, political guy, so I was definitely uh, enjoying the uh, the scheming and plotting, and just the constant uh, three siblings not being able to enjoy themselves at at their own party, just trying to uh, maneuver around each other. Roman awkward as fuck. Kendall trying to be like his dad, and ship just playing both sides of the fence. I thought it was great. Uh, again, perfectly acted, perfectly written. I mean about that balcony scene but overall i thought it was another strong performance
3: yeah i agree um if i had to go on plum watch for this one i (laughs) probably i'm probably putting this one at like a 9.1 around that area um not that the episode started slow but i almost feel like these last few episodes it's almost become seinfeld like where there's all these kind of like lingering plots that You get a nice bow on top at the end where they all kind of come together. Um, Obviously, like Robbie said, the acting in this one was fantastic. Probably, you know, in a a season full of Tom Shiv scenes, this was easily the best one and one of their both of their best scenes in the whole entire series. So just a really strong episode for me.
0: I'm going
2: to go ahead and agree with you guys. Hey, I really enjoyed this episode. (laughs) All right. And this is not, as we'll see later, based on threats from someone's <laughs> sister. Um, but if I had to give this a rating in the in the Plum Watch, I'm gonna go like eight point one. I liked oh it a lot. God. Oh my! Geez. And that's pretty high for me. I'm gonna uh, spit yeah. my water out. I know. Don't spit it all over the microphone, Jesus. Um, I I really enjoyed uh the the party atmosphere everything that was going on the interactions with everybody uh tom and shiv were a highlight i almost thought tom might have jumped off the balcony um but yeah i just i didn't find myself being bored at any point in this episode i liked it so i gave it a fair rating
0: all right i like it
2: i love it um so before we get into the episode itself um, should we get into a couple emails?
3: I would love the emails,
2: yeah. Uh, does they, um, Robbie, you want to read Michelle's? Sure, and I'll read, or Benny, you can read uh, Katie's.
3: You can read, it's a little bit long, and you know, my fear of reading out loud.
2: <laughs> All right, uh, should I read Katie's first, or you want to read Michelle's first,
3: uh, Robbie? Um, you can read Katie's first, yeah, because I think Michelle's will propel us into, yeah, yeah good point. All right,
2: so Katie, thank you, Katie, for writing in. Katie writes, hey, boys. Unfortunately, I didn't get to watch last night's episode yet. That's my fault for not being last night. Apologies that we are releasing a day late. That was my fault, but the boys came in strong and were willing to reschedule. So thank you,
3: boys. Hey, the three to stay together.
0: (laughs) That's right.
3: Happy to oblige. (laughs) Um, but I'm hopeful that I can get it done tonight
2: so I can listen to you guys tomorrow. Well, you're in luck because it'll be out tonight. Um, I touched base with Ryan last week after psychoanalyzing the three of you, as I so often do in my daily life and had a little theory on why he may not love the show as much as you Um, real quick. Do you think that Katie psychoanalyzes us and everyone else in her life like all day long?
1: Uh, that would
3: be out of character for her.
1: Yeah, I would have to say I would have to say 195%. Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: she goes on to say so often with shows we may find ourselves relating to specific characters or idolizing characters and making those connections. I don't think that Ryan has made connections in any capacity to any of the characters on the show. With that said, I'm wondering if Benny and Robbie maybe feel like they are similar to or would want to be like or just think those types of personalities are the most interesting in real life and are making those relationships in their head. What are your thoughts, Robbie and Benny? Do you think you have specific connections to any of the characters on the show? No, Robbie. I'm not trying to say you're screwed up in the head. But if it was a competition, (laughs) I think Ryan would come in dead last. LOL. Robbie, Benny, any thoughts?
3: I, um, I, I think that's maybe why I have a little fondness for Kendall. I kind of see him as like someone that, you know, people had high expectations for, maybe didn't necessarily deliver on, or, you know, the the parents were a little bit, you know, over uh what's the word I'm looking for? Overbearing or mm-hmm. had such high expectations that, you know, you could never meet them. Um that's all good in my life now though. Um so I maybe identify with him, but if I had to be somebody from the show it would 100 be carl so i mean maybe that's <laughs> <laughs> that's where I, that's why i connect to those characters too much robbie what um, do you think
1: i 100 think you're trying to say that we're screwed up in the head and that's okay <laughs> um i'm not gonna uh deny that but um i was i read the email then i was trying to think i mean i don't know i mean i feel like when we you watch any show you always i mean i always tend i feel like a lot of people tend to tend to care more about the uh the protagonist right like a tony soprano even though he was he's like an absolute sociopath you still want him to win you still feel bad for him kind of right. like bat like barry or walter white you know I, I don't know if it has anything to do with my weird brain but if i had to go out on a Lim, he's not. My, he wasn't my favorite character, but I probably would want to be more like uh, Logan in my in my work life, as far as, and maybe even in my personal life. Because sometimes i not. Sometimes all the times, even if I'm, you know, if I snap at somebody or I'm say something not in a nice tone, I immediately feel bad and think about it for the next five six, seven years. And I feel like I can never, ever be that that shark or that predator. Where not when pause on the predator stuff, but you know, <laughs> where I where I, I could be that yeah, where I could be that mean person in in the workplace and step over people and step on people's backs. And maybe I sympathize with Logan because that's some you know something I wish I was not not in that that nasty tone, but where I didn't care as much as others, you know, in the past, even in work would. You know, don't care to let me go or step on my back or do anything like that. So, I think I kind of would like to be a Logan in my work-life balance. But other than that, yeah, I'm. Always, I tend to always root for the the bad guys to uh to win. But I feel like that's a that's the majority of the people. I don't know what it is about the way they write the characters or the way our brains operate, but I tend to think that a lot of people are like that.
2: Yeah, I I mean I kind of agree. I think. I don't love the show as much as you guys cause I don't really love any of the characters, but it seems like you guys do, but you don't like, you fully realize that most of these people are horrible people. I mean, there's parts to them and that's on the writers for making, for writing a good show to make you sympathetic for someone like Kendall or someone like Logan or whoever. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's why I like this episode so much because I felt that there was like more, I don't know, humanity in Tom and Shiv's uh, argument. Like it wasn't all corporate bullshit. It was like actual relationship stuff. And I'm a big softy. I don't know.
3: I don't know. Yeah, people like obfuscating their, their true feelings. and Right. Yeah, it's like the first kind of real raw emotion we've gotten since yeah. episode three.
2: Yeah, true, true. Uh,
1: before um, you go on, sorry. Yeah, um, go, please. If I had to do a character who I would love to be in real life, it would be fucking the Stew man, Stewie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, the, the <laughs>
2: fucking beard, the outfits. Oh, my goodness. Yeah,
1: I can't grow a beard, so I wish I had a beard like Stew, like like Cuz, but uh, I mean, Stewie's rocking turtlenecks. I've been trying, dying dying to wear my turtleneck, so maybe that's why <laughs> I'm vicariously living through Stewie, and I want to be like Stewie. And now it's too hot to
2: weigh turtlenecks. Robbie missed out.
1: I got to take a trip to Iceland.
0: (laughs) Yeah, something (laughs) like
2: that. Um, So Katie goes on to say, also, the new Mario Brothers movie came out. Maybe you guys can watch the first one. I'd love to watch the first one, but I think we would have to sail the high seas to watch that because it's pretty much not available anywhere. But I'm sure we could figure that out. Um. And in the new one, and make comparisons on an episode coming up. I love that idea. Did you guys both see the the old Mario movie?
3: I don't think so. No, no, I did not. Classic. I've heard the stories of like what a what a disaster it was on set. But oh, it's a never disaster! It.
2: But it was so good. It would. You know what's what's funny about that movie is if it wasn't a Mario Brothers movie. It'd probably be like regarded as a, a great like sci-fi, like weirdo B movie. But because it was supposed to be Mario Brothers, it's looked at as like trash. Yeah. Yeah. Um Katie signs off with, I look forward to hearing all your thoughts. See you guys soon. Well, as usual. Thank you very much, Katie. Much appreciated. Um continue to psychoanalyze us, please, and tell us. How to be better people? I don't know.
1: <laughs> Robbie, you want to read Michelle's? Yes. Um, the next email <clears throat> comes from number one sister of the pod. Um, oh boy! Uh, half of half of the uh, the number one sister duo. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's succession, so Katie's not listening. Um, oh, okay. Comes from my sister Michelle, last name adapted, and she titles her email "Oi." Uh morning, my fellow succession lovers. Minus Ryan. (laughs) Houses. Well (laughs) ship. Hopefully I'm not writing too late, but wow. I went into this episode thinking that Tom was just using ship to get back into power, but boy, was I wrong. That balcony scene was something else. Some of the best acting I've seen in a while. There's no coming back from that. No, I agree. Uh the entire time I wanted Ship to just shout out that she was pregnant, but in true ship fashion, she did not. Every time I, think I, every time I think I hate Tom and get mad at him for screwing her over with throwing them on the bus, my husband reminds me of all the terrible things she has done to him. Yeah, leave it to Brian to, uh, to always uh, play both sides. <laughs> <laughs> and then this episode, and then this episode, Tom reminded me too, when he screamed at her that she was just going to let him go to jail. These two are so toxic. I didn't want them to get back together, but in a weird way, I wanted them to. So maybe I'm toxic? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe lunatic. But after this episode, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Ryan, how do you give these episodes six plums? Question mark. Get it together. Six plums? Question mark. But I'm sure you'd give a stranger things 13 plums. (laughs) My one and a half year old daughter can act better than Will. Ah, I got one thing to say. Fuck off. Peace. (laughs) Michelle, last name redacted. Ryan you got a rebuttal? Uh yeah, but I'm going to be nice and say
2: thanks for the email Michelle. <laughs> nah. Um I get what she's saying. I I'm sure there's things that she loves that I don't think are that great. Um but to me, I think maybe my out of 10 plums is lower than some people. I consider anything like a 5 is like a decent movie i may not want to watch it or a show ever again but it's not god awful six is pretty good Seven's real good eight is amazing nine is near perfect and ten is like i don't know if there is a ten anything maybe there's a few episodes of some shows or shawshank redemption something like that i don't know but uh yeah, fucking get off my back. Quit coming for my neck.
1: <laughs> yeah, protect, yeah, you better protect your neck.
2: Seriously, your whole family's coming for me. <laughs> no, you Kate, put
1: yourself in an untenable position.
2: Yeah, for real.
1: Katie didn't come come after you.
2: Oh, that's true. Katie, I know you're not listening, but thank you for not coming after me.
1: No, she's uh, not yet, at least. We'll see what happens. No,
2: I, I know Michelle's just busting my balls. It's okay.
1: If he picked the golden girl, I think Katie didn't pick the golden girl. I think Katie would have came after you <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, and then the next email comes from uh, my sister, Michelle, again, <laughs> she, she titles this email. Oh, one last thing. One last thing. I love your podcast, but I'm not in love with your podcast. Candle Roy. What a day crying emoji. <laughs> Thank you, oh, Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. It's pretty fucked up the way you ended it. But hey, it is what it is. Thank you so I much. Love uh, we love you. Appreciate you. And uh, yeah, always love uh, reaching out to you at the end of the episode to to get your opinion and stay up until 1.30 in the morning talking about the episode and how much we hated Barry last week. So uh, love you. <laughs>
3: That's love. Um, at
2: least she, sure. she came back and, ins- and insulted all of us So I don't feel as bad that she just came After me Yeah,
1: exactly. well, And now you know how I feel On the uh, the night of my 40th When she told me to go fuck myself <laughs> Maybe 13, <laughs> 13, 14 times <laughs>
3: uh, So what do you say We get into the episode boys Let's do it So I broke things down a little different this week I think we're going to do it Uh by character instead of scene by scene this way we can we can expand a little bit we don't have to feel like we need to bounce around or go back to things um and this week we'll start off with tom and shiv so we they're part of the cold open uh tom comes in with fresh hot poles (laughs) and a and a little prezi. father Uh, sexmas yeah father sexmas has a prezi. um (laughs) he gives her a scorpion and Shiv doesn't know how to take it. Uh they can have an awkward conversation complete with a awkward Tom laugh and that's where they leave it. Uh so aside from th- you know telling me what you think of that present, what has been or what has been the worst present you've received? So given or received, Robbie, do you have one? Wow, that's a, on the spotter.
1: <laughs> oh man, Um, I got one if you want to
2: think for a sec. Sure. So when I was in kindergarten, they had a grab bag and, you know, everyone was getting sick toys, fucking Nerf guns, like, you know, all cool shit. I got a package of yellow pencils. (laughs) (laughs) And looking back, I I mean, at the time I was devastated because I was spoiled and, you know, I expected good toys. But that was the that maybe that was a family that couldn't afford much. So I hope I didn't say anything stupid to anybody. No, you got anything wrong? Worst worst gift I can think of.
1: I'm trying to think like one of the. I think one of the worst gifts I got was a I didn't need I didn't ask for was a fucking like Indiana Jones satchel for my computer for work (laughs)
2: like a messenger bag.
1: Yeah, it was like somebody uh first name redacted last name redacted years 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 ago got it for me as a christmas present and i was like what the fuck is this i was like i don't need this but uh yeah i uh i've been trying to throw that out for about six years now and i haven't been able to every time i look around the corner it's it's in my mom's room so yeah i didn't need that and that was probably the worst gift
3: that might be worth something on the old ebay yeah true yeah, you're right. Yeah.
2: So or if worst- you get a if you get a street corner, you can sell newspapers out of it.
1: Sure. <laughs> one of them newsy
3: boys.
2: Extra, extra.
3: What about you, Ben? Worst Prezi I ever got was a $15 gift card to Lowe's Ooh. at Christmas. <laughs> and I'm not the age I am now. I was probably about 10 years younger. So that one went straight to the old Pops. Gave nice. it right to him. Nice. Um great nowadays I'd love a gift card that was I know, right? Yeah. Uh I could sell them to you at like a inflated cost. <laughs>
2: I'll give you eleven dollars for
3: it. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you guys think of the present from Tom? Um, there was a lot made online about the allegory of the, you know, the scorpion and the frog, um, and that whole situation. What did you think of either the scene or the present in general and kind of what it said about their relation, where their relationship is, Ryan?
2: Uh, Well, I think, you know, I don't we don't need to get into more discussion because we just had a nice one about gifts. But have you ever tried to make a joke you thought was funny in your head? And then when you see the person's reaction, you realize that it was kind of fucked up or not funny. That's how I felt like Tom. Like he had this thing. Oh, fuck it, Scorpion. This is hilarious. She's going to love this. Cause he's a dumb man, and we're all dumb men, uh, yeah. so I definitely got it. I was just like, Oh, you fucking idiot, why did you do that? Um, and then that's why he couldn't explain himself, so like, well, Why is it funny? And he's like, Uh, I don't know because you're a killer, <laughs> <laughs> Robbie. What about
1: you? I agree with that. There's been numerous times where I've I've made a joke in front of somebody and they just didn't get it. I'm like, oh boy, I just not coming back from this right now. So I gotta figure out a way to get the hell out of here. Uh I think that this is something that uh KDN last name redacted would do and gift Philip yeah. last name redacted. <laughs> and then Phil would have no idea what's going on. <laughs> and you know, KDN would psychoanalyze the entire thing. But um yeah it's just Tom just just Tom just Always putting his foot in his mouth sometimes, I think, with Shiv and just kind of fucking up. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't really get it in the beginning, the Scorpion, and why he gave it to her. And maybe that made me just as confused. But like as you were saying, Benny, and the reading up on the Scorpion and the Frog uh, analogies and whatnot, I was like, all right, now I get it. But I was like, Tom, you're so fucking stupid, man. Why, what are you doing? Just let this stuff just, just flow and just stop trying to fucking be something you're not and then just let this relationship have a nice little fucking grace period before you start just fucking shit up.
3: Yeah. Has well, anyone too, like sorry, go ahead.
1: Go ahead, right.
3: I was no, just going to
2: say like has a joke gift ever gone over well with like anybody in history? It's always mm-hmm. either insulting or the person who gets it's like, "Huh," eh, like, "All right." And then just yeah. in like a week or two throws it out.
3: Yeah, unless it's followed up with a real gift. It's yeah, fair. Not hitting. Um, You know, I thought this and I really didn't think this way until I watched the episode the second time, because you have the context of the whole episode. And it's really it shows like how this whole. Situation of them being back together is so fake, like there's no real connection there. And like even when he's trying to joke with her or them, they're they're not on the same page. Because there's still all that stuff that's unsaid between them and they're just with each other in this moment because Shiv is comfortable again and she needs somebody to be there. And, you know, she was getting these feelings for Tom because he was acting a little bit more, um, like Robbie said about Logan, kind of more ruthless. So I think it just shows that they're just not on the same page and this thing isn't going to last.
2: Like I said, safe deck.
3: Um, so throughout the episode with Tom and Shiv uh, we get a couple more interactions with them before we get into the big fight Uh, we see the text messages as Tom's about to go fire uh, lay off those people uh, about the sex Olympics that they had and Tom's dick is still rock hard even though Shiv thought she broke it Um, and then when we get to the party after Shiv tells him that she invited Nate and Matson Um, they start going around and she kind of starts throwing Tom under the bus. And anybody that kind of brings up that Tom might get fired, she kind of goes along with it. And you could see it's getting to Tom throughout the whole episode. Um she calls him Mr. Mild at one point and that he's a one pepper menu item. Oh that was Uh, (laughs) so not a great, not a great party for Tom. What would you guys think about, you know, the the way that they were kind of building to this fight? And how would you react in that kind of situation? Ryan, what about you?
2: I mean, it's if you look at, at it from the Scorpion analogy, it's, you know, she's just stinging him all night. And then eventually, you know, it's just too much for him and he lashes out. I, I mean, <clears throat> I don't understand. Well, I mean, I do understand. But... I think it's really petty and childish to put down your, at this point, probably former uh, lover relationship, husband, wife, whatever, like in front of other people. He even makes that point when they're arguing, like these are like 40 of the most important people in America. And you're trashing me all over the place. Like that's, that fucks his future up potentially. I mean, who knows, but, like it's one thing to like argue and fight between each other, but you don't trash like someone. It's not like he beat her or like did something like so fucked up that like, yeah, you trash them, but like standing right next to you and you're saying, yeah, I'll probably be fired or he's a one pepper man or like all this shit. Like, I don't know. It's I just I found that extremely fucked up to, to do that, whether it's these things are true or not like you still shouldn't like drag this person through the mud in front of important people
1: yeah robbie uh i'm i'm glad that he got dragged because i go back <laughs> i go back to the scene when they're laying off those 100 plus people and he's making a joke out of it out of it yeah, to, to greg so i say you know get get a little taste of your own medicine you fucking dick stick because i i i don't no, something about that irked me, and I kind of didn't like Tom in the moment because of that. I don't know. Maybe it's some past experiences with shit like that. But so, I don't know. He makes I, that crying it,
3: face when Greg's doing it.
1: Yeah, and I was like,
3: I, I understand yeah, nobody, gives a sh- up.
1: nobody gives a shit, right? Like, whatever they say in their little card that they read, nobody cares that you're getting laid off. So, I mean, good. I'm glad it came back to vitamin E.S. over there. But also, like... <clears throat> she was just needling him. And I feel like in a relationship you want, there could be jokes, right? You, you and your partner can joke around. You can rib each other and, and here and there. But I think at the end of the day, you you ultimately are with somebody because you want that person to be your biggest cheerleader. So right. I can understand where Tom was coming from when she's just, like like you said, Ryan, like, like with the scorpion, just like kind of like pricking him and, and like poking him the entire party. And like Benny said, with... The, for almost 40 of the most important people in, in the country so i do understand i i, I see both sides one side's around where i'm like good he deserved it and the other side where it's like hey come on like be there for me be my cheerleader stick off me don't don't fucking make me look like a joke
2: yeah it's just like yeah. you you in front of other people like talk shit to their face but in front of other people like don't don't trash me don't sully my name And but you're right. He Tom's a piece of shit too. That whole scene with him and Greg was fucked up. But sorry, Benny, you were gonna say something.
3: Yeah, I was gonna say it's almost it's almost like that thing your parents tell you when you're a kid, right? Like the weak people have to push you down to make themselves look better. And I think Shiv is so desperate to be seen as like this major player, like she doesn't even care if people are stepping on Tom. Like it's she'll jump right on board to like be buddy buddy with them and and make herself look good so that was kind of i get what you guys are saying about tom and like the way he acted in those layoffs and everything and yeah it's definitely come up and what goes around comes around because you know even the the whole thing about you know i can't do this because i'm just gonna cry so he hands (laughs) it off to greg and then he's you know pointing to his watch in the crying face but you know i just think that that's we see who and that's why the writing is so good because it's like those little things that just establishes character and it it goes so deep into like those situations. Maybe I'm looking a little too deep into it, but you know, it just kind of to me showed me like how weak Shiv is and how desperate she is for approval and, and power.
2: All, all three of these children are children. Their, their maturity is stunted. Like, and other people in this show are that way too. Matt's and like every almost, Almost every argument now, the Shiv and Tom argument, I thought was to some extent a more mature argument, but there was also little digs. But like when these people like they have nothing to say, they just go low common denominator and like you're ugly, you're stupid, you stink. Like you know, it's like I have nothing to say, your numbers are, you know, G A Y. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Good one guy.
3: Um, so Tom eventually says that he wants to go to sleep, tries to kick everybody out, says bedtime for Bonzo. Uh, I felt this in my bones. <laughs> I know his eyes are like sandpaper, guys. So feel bad for the guy. He's got a big day coming up tomorrow, pointing out shiny foreheads at ATN. Um, but we get into, I guess, the biggest scene of the episode, and it's the fight between Tom and Shiv. Shiv follows him out to the to the balcony uh and they get into it shiv says that you know she hitched her she nailed herself to Matson's cross and as we'll talk about later with Matson, you know his numbers are not looking so great and could potentially blow up the deal and she's betrayed her family to do this um shiv tells everyone uh oh we get the first kind of fight back from tom where shiv you know he brings up that shiv's telling everyone he's gonna get fired and he says where's the joke how is that funny Um, I got a lot of lines here, but maybe we just talk about it and we can pepper these lines in. I just thought it was fantastic acting between the two of them. And just, you know, just them raising their voice to the level that they raise it and are actually like screaming at each other. They mentioned after the episode how between the two of them, there's always they kind of get to an emotional point in an argument and the lid goes on and they never really go at it. Um, And whether that's them protecting themselves or just wanting to keep the temperature down so nothing blows up in their faces. um, I thought that was a really good point, but we see kind of the gloves come off and and things get kind of crazy here. uh Robbie, thoughts about this scene?
1: Well, I know I tend to <clears throat> recently with the few episodes say was the best acting in the past twenty years or something like that, <laughs> but i I literally believe. That this is some of the best five minutes in television i think history honestly i'm i'm i might sound like an idiot um 20 years when i look back at this podcast in my in my wheelchair <laughs> at that fucking berkshire nursing center but i think i really do think it's some of the the best you know five minutes in television history because everybody i feel can relate to this scene because everybody has been in the, I feel like everybody has been in a relationship that has failed where you, you're just, okay, you're going to say this about me. Well, now here, I'm going to say this about you. And you're both going to go off to each other and just cut each other until you can't cut no more, until there's a point of no return. And that basically is probably for everybody, the end of that relationship or coming to the tail end of that relationship where you're just fed up with one another. So I think everybody can relate to that. That's why I think every, everybody kind of enjoyed that scene I, I haven't heard anybody what i read or podcast that i watched for people that didn't enjoy this scene or thought it was a great scene i just think some of that stuff that that they both were saying you know i know you have the quotes but that fucking unfit to be a mother line is just an absolute stone cold fucking dagger to the night king and there's no coming <laughs> back. There's no coming back from that. I, I, unless these two are just so fucking toxic with each other, I cannot see anybody coming back from something like that. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. I feel like we all can relate to that. I mean, we're not worth billions of dollars, but I mean, anybody can just relate to that scene.
3: Yeah. Before Ryan, um, oh, to see ahead. what you're talking about there when he says that, uh, when Tom says that to Shiv about not you know, I don't think you maybe are fit to have kids. It's that parallel that she has with her mother when they're having that conversation at the wedding. And I think it it lines up with the parallel you get with Kendall in his part of the cold open when he's having the fight with Rava. And he goes on his whole rant about how he does everything for the kids, which is the parallel of Logan, how he said he did everything for the kids. So uh, I thought that was a good thing to call out. Uh, Ryan, what'd you think about the fight?
2: Ah, uh, great point. Um, yeah, I agree with everything Robbie said. Um, we, I, I shouldn't say we've all been there, but most people have been in that exact situation. And maybe, maybe that was why I liked this episode. Like I said before, like I felt the connection there for once, instead of like billionaire crybabies just playing Monopoly with real companies. It it actually felt human to me, and. You know the fact that they're just—it was just escalating and escalating—and—and and I think you mentioned it before. They put the lid on. They said it several times. Let's just leave it there, or let's clear the let, air. Let's clear, the, like let's—you know—they wanted. They both kind of wanted to not get into it, but they both wanted to get into it and it just kept yeah, escalating yeah, yeah. and escalating and escalating. And I thought that the writing and acting was superb in this scene because it did feel it It almost felt like the writers were just like here's the points you need to make now go at each other because it felt like real arguments and I, I mean I don't know how they filmed it I don't know if it was like they went a line and they cut and then alright let me let's do it a few times and see what works best like maybe that's the case but it definitely felt like a real argument where Again, we've all been there where you just you just say anything to to hurt the other person, um, whether you necessarily mean it or not, or whether it's even coherent or logical. Um, You just go at them. Um, But, yeah, great scene. I mean, talking about unfit to be a mother, I was just dying for Shiv to be like, I'm fucking pregnant. And again, she did not say anything. And I wonder where they're going with this.
3: I don't know. It's like she doesn't even want Tom to have the satisfaction now, right? Of knowing, you know. And you know, I saw some people online think, you know, she's definitely going to get an abortion now. I hundred percent don't think that's the case. I, yeah, there's just not enough time, a, in the season to go over it, and right. b, I, I, I just don't think it makes sense. Right. Um, but you know, it's going to be interesting to see how it does play out because I, like, like I said, she doesn't want. Tom, to get any satisfaction out of it at this point. But to your point. The well, maybe that... can I
2: just say something real quick? Penny? Yeah, I'm sorry. Ahead. The regarding that maybe her play is I'm going to have this baby. And my last fuck you to you is I'm going to tie you up in legal bullshit for the rest of your life
3: so that you will never see this child.
2: Yeah, because yeah. I have the resources and you
3: don't. Yeah, and I'm I sorry, but I think ahead. No no, no, it's a great point. And I think to your point, you know, when they're just saying things to hurt each other, I don't know I don't know what Tom said that that was really untrue. There are a couple things that Shiv says that were probably untrue. yeah, like where she's, you know, she says, I never I never cared about you in the first place. I think that was bullshit. I think that was just yeah. her taking swings at that point as she's you know, hitting the canvas. Yeah, um,
2: I think you're right. Like they, they, I mean, Shiv didn't literally fuck a phone book, but
3: great line. Yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah, line. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, she says she doesn't like Tom, doesn't care about him, and full she salad, never, he shit. never deserved her. Uh, maybe the "you don't deserve me" thing was she could have felt that the whole time because you know, again, she points out he proposed to her at her lowest ebb when Logan had the brain hemorrhage. But it kind of doesn't that almost it, it makes me think about that scene we got earlier in the season when she's on the, the steps with uh, Tom and they were talking about how Tom went to her in France and just kept reassuring her. And it almost seems like that was Tom's M.O. from the beginning is to always find her at her lowest point to kind of spring something on her. Because we think about that, what be? Yeah.
1: Yeah, maybe I didn't even think of it like that. Maybe he's trying to be an opportunist and uh, kind of get her at her lowest moment and get in good graces. Um, yeah, there. I don't know. I just harken back to just some of those those daggers that were thrown with the between the, the two of them. The funny thing is, is that um, you said Ryan now that uh, Shiv will you know put some legality into it and maybe not have tom ever see this child but now tom has some ammo that he can use against shiv as far as the mats and stuff and all those other things if he wants to and use that in his corner like he said in the, the trailer for next week to greg um kind of implying that but uh yeah i don't know what else to say about that See ben do you have any uh
3: any lines written down you can throw us throw some lines at us uh, I think, you know, before things got out of hand, I think it was a good quote by Tom telling her that, you know, when they were talking about, oh, you'll be OK, you'll be OK. And, and Tom says that she's a tough fucking bitch that will always survive. I thought that that was him giving her props because she kind of does always find a way, even when things don't seem great for her. Like she figures it out. Uh, she bounced back when Logan named her as a successor and then pulled it away. So she's always got something going on and and she is a strong, a strong woman. You know, we, we talk about a few different times where she doesn't have the experience to get into this world, but you know, she, she does have, you know, a, a perseverance. Um,
2: I like when she said, uh, here's a dead fucking snake where it has a necktie.
3: <laughs> yeah, that was good. That and was a good. couple of things, you know, she goes, Oh, you're a rat. And then she gets to that, but it's the, uh, the last, Yeah, the last line (laughs) I have from there. And I don't know which which do you think hit harder? And I think we know the answer is is the you're not fit to be a mother or when he tells her that she's. in, uh, It's not his fault that Logan didn't approve her um, and he calls her fundamentally broken. Because I think all three of the kids believe that about themselves, that they are broken. So which which line do you guys think maybe hit harder? I think we know the answer, but.
2: Uh, if she wasn't pregnant, then yeah. I'd say
3: the other one. But the
2: fact that she is pregnant, probably that one. Yeah. But they all that was I mean, that's three. That's like two jabs and a hook. Like those are three <laughs> rough lines. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Dad, uh, like I, I've, I mean, the unfit to be a parent is probably the, the top notch, but not getting your dad's approval is uh is another one because they've been fighting for that shit since they were born and and that stings. But I wanted to say um about the Tom thing. When, how'd you feel when he said to her like you would you would have watched me go to prison? Like he kind of oh, offered yeah, a ser- service. He kind of offered his services up, but I understand he probably wanted his wife to kind. of, He probably just did it just to do it, but then he wanted the ship to kind of be like, no, 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 don't, no, no, don't, don't, don't go. Do that. Yeah.
3: But yeah, and think about to that season, too, the whole time Tom's going through it. Like, obviously, it's one of those not boy who cried wolf things. But, you know, when you have that person sitting next to you, it's like, oh, I really don't want to go to work tomorrow. I really don't want to do anything. They just say it over and over again. And eventually you're just like, okay, okay, yeah. yeah." And you just stop stop acknowledging it. You know, even from the very beginning, when Tom said he was going to prison or he would go to prison like she never really reacted in any type type of way she was just kind of like eh, whatever so you
1: think it's tom like,
2: it's like a, oh go ahead robbie sorry
1: no go ahead because mine's it's a different question
2: it's it's like how what i do every year on my birthday i say don't make a big deal don't make a big deal <laughs> i don't care and then when no one makes a big deal and i'm like what the hell no one cares." <laughs> <laughs>
1: See, you gotta be like me. You gotta make a big deal about your birthday so everybody knows it's a big deal. I guess that's true. Uh, this is probably a stupid question, but do you guys believe Tom when he said that he 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 loves her?
3: Uh, I th- yes. Yeah, I do. and I, But I think part of it was... is You ever hear somebody say that, you know, you don't love me or you don't like me, you like the thought of me? Yeah. I think that's part of it. Like, you know, he mentioned in last episode everything around shiv and and what it gives him you know he loves that situation but you know i i think to propose to somebody he yeah i don't know she thinks that he was just fucking her for a ladder like she she said but i i think he did he used me for my dna yeah that was a good line i mean
2: wouldn't you love wouldn't you love someone who almost broke your dick off
3: (laughs) (laughs) and came 30 (laughs) times. I wish. Um, So we'll, we'll cut to the, to the last scenes um, and touch a little bit on the, all all three of the siblings here, because I thought it was kind of poignant at the end where, where Shiv is left in this episode. And we'll touch more on Shiv stuff when we get to Mattson. But it's the three siblings All saying goodnight to each other and then you kind of see Shiv just left alone there and that face looking like I fucked up big here. And then we get um, Shiv looking sad and in the bedroom and we get that closing shot of, you know, we've talked about the closing shot the last couple weeks here, that closing shot of Tom. Uh, If you guys have any stuff you want to bring about the other scenes I just mentioned, go ahead. But what, what is going through Tom's mind in that moment, Ryan?
2: I mean, I don't, I had read something that apparently, according to like the creators or writers or whatever, stuff gets wild in the last couple of episodes. So I hate to do this because then I'm extrapolating my like information from that to apply to this, but it makes me think that he's just like, I'm going to burn this motherfucker down, but I don't know. I if I didn't know that part, I might just think like he's just feeling shitty and can't sleep because he's just thinking about what happened that night. But that I mean, that's probably what I'm going to go with.
3: Robbie, what do you think Tom's thinking?
1: I think he was thinking about more adjectives he could use for the uh, the wine that he was serving.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I got I got a point to bring up about that later. You know, it
1: tastes like wet dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, don't say it's German. Um, <laughs> But no, take some away, but make some (laughs) scarcity. I don't. If I didn't see the coming attractions, I I wouldn't know what he was thinking. But I I think that he's very much sad. I thought he was gonna. I seriously, I'm not even bullshitting you. I thought he was gonna jump off the fucking balcony, (laughs) like Ryan said. I swear to God, I was getting nervous. But yeah, I think that he's just he should add the coffee because he's up anyway now. Um, but. (laughs) Yeah, i just think that he just knows that that part of him and ship are done he's not coming back from that and i think that he's he's just kind of a broken man doesn't know what's going to happen to him uh you know in the workplace and he knows that his love life in his marriage between ship is definitely 100 percent over now so i just think it's a man that's trying to analyze his next moves is it definitely yeah, I... over though
3: <laughs> Ryan, you want to be right so bad. I don't, but honestly, who knows? Honestly, who knows? knows She tells me
2: she's pregnant. That changes a lot of things.
3: Yeah. Maybe they sleep on it and, you know, they've needed this clearing of the air, honestly, since the beginning. They needed to figure out where each other's heads were really at and not, I feel like they both kept their cards close to the vest in this relationship because they were both afraid of getting hurt by the other person um so yeah uh any final thoughts on the fight before we move on to kendall or kendall plus
1: i like way star <laughs> jesus
0: <laughs> that's
1: right no i think we I think we covered that entire fight i mean i could talk more of the next three hours about it but yeah that was great
3: yeah uh all right so kendall in this episode uh we see the fight with rava in the cold open and like i mentioned before he kind of has that parallel where he's becoming logan in a way and 100 percent Six continents, man. (laughs) You know what I'm doing? (laughs) He's saying that he's doing it all for the kids, which is probably bullshit. Um, He kind of blames Rava in a way for what happened to their daughter. And. Yeah, let's do we want to talk about this at all? I mean, I. I, I'll leave it up to you guys here.
1: It's just Kendall being full of shit. He's a shitty father. Just being a shit dad and saying that he's doing everything for the kids and trying to make the world a better place by running ATN my ass. But, um, yeah, it's just Kendall. It's just all these fucking people. They so much want their approval from their father, and they're just exactly like their father. Shitty parents, shitty humans. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was so funny that he was trying to blame her for uh, letting the daughter out in the street, and he doesn't even fucking pick up the phone to call his daughter. Typical yeah. Kendall bullshit.
2: Yeah, what a piece of yeah. shit. It's 100% uh, uh, Logan Parallels.
3: Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you know, you, we only see what the writers want us to see. But when has he even said his kids names in the last 15 episodes? Barely. I don't That's even true. remember, you know, I don't even remember him talking about that once. Um, so. In an effort to scuttle the deal, uh, mm-hmm. Kendall tries to bring Nate in to the party. He's he's kind of given him. He's telling him he's going to give the new administration Favorable coverage if they win. to look into Madsen, get the sec involved and figure out what's going on there. Uh, Nate gets off the phone with, with his contacts and is told basically he needs to leave because it looks bad for him. They have a conversation and Nate delivers a great line before he goes and says that he's not Gil and Kendall is not Logan. And maybe that's a good thing. So my Big question here. Nate back? Ryan?
0: He might <laughs> is be <Nate> back.
3: back? <laughs> he might be back in
2: the picture. I mean, I don't know. I, maybe you guys can explain to me, like, he he's not working for Gil anymore, or he is?
3: He's working for Jimenez.
2: Oh, right. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he definitely, if Jimenez wins, then he's, he's a power player. Yep. If she loses... You know, I guess he's whatever, back to the scrap heap or wherever else he might be. But yeah, he might be back. I don't know. What
1: do you think, Robbie? I'd like to see him back. I uh, I enjoyed Nate. Um, <clears throat> this is yeah, the this... least
3: annoying his character has been, period. True. Yeah,
1: that's true. Usually he's just an annoying fucking scorn lover. But, is he uh, back with shift? I think, I don't no. know. No she <laughs> he doesn't want to be somebody else's baby daddy that would look that wouldn't look good for the brand I just think it was uh just great parallels to how how it really is in 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 this world in real life everybody's lobbying for something everybody's looking for uh political advantage corporate advantage for, and that's just how it is and that's just how this world works and that's what I love so much about the shows is because it shows you what you what we all know is true and how these things play out and work. But Benny, what do you think? Nate back?
3: You know what? I, I <laughs> like you said, I enjoyed Nate in this episode. I enjoyed, you know, he almost seems like he learned the lesson with the whole Tom shift thing because we see him come in, you know, tail between his legs when he talks to Tom, It was a great, great scene between Tom and him. You know, and he's, he he he's like, oh, I won't drink too much of your wine. He says, No, please, please, please drink up. Um, <laughs> fun fun fact about that wine. That's the wine that Tom and Shiv bought the vineyard from.
0: Really? They oh, were, really?
3: Yeah, because that that was the German, you know, German vineyard they bought, and apparently it sucks. That's why in the fight, uh, Tom says, "You you stuck me with this undrinkable wine."
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> so
3: he was trying to it off on all these people oh, and make them drink I forgot it. yeah I
2: thought he was I thought he was using the undrinkable wine as a metaphor for somebody and I I now I'm forgetting who I thought he meant but yeah wow. yeah, but all that's,
3: right. yeah so and uh, you know obviously I don't not too much of a wine connoisseur, but you don't hear of many great German Vineyards um so that's it true. feels like it was kind of a doomed project to start Some good um,
2: Riesling's out of Germany
3: okay I'll take your word for it. Maybe I'll buy one. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but I did like the scene between Nate and Kendall. I, I think it showed, you know, when he says Kendall's so desperate to get laid at the party. You know, we, we've said a few times Kendall has some good business instincts and would kind of be a good CEO. But he's so rough around the edges and he's so eager to get things done. He'll never or he's not at that level yet where he can, you know, fully get stuff done behind the scenes
1: yeah, I agree um, I so, thought, sorry, I agree. Um, I feel like this is this wasn't the first time that somebody has said like you're not you're not Logan. And I yeah. think that is a good thing. So I mean, he doesn't want to hear it, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, I agree with it. I think that's a good thing that he's not Logan, but I mean, as we soon find out at the end, yeah, I mean see, how
2: how many people are telling all three of them that they're not Logan? but I think this is the first time that anyone said that's a good thing. Yeah. Right? I don't think... Yeah. yeah, everyone always uses that as an insult. You're not Logan. You're not your father. Blah, blah, blah. And they're all some... You know, maybe... Maybe Kendall's the least trying to be like Logan. He still is. But like Roman with last week trying to fire fucking everybody
3: and Shiv with what she's trying to do. But yeah, that's,
2: this might be the first time it's meant as a compliment. And I actually... I love it.
3: But Logan has pounded it into Kendall's head from day one. You're not a killer. You're not a killer. You're not a killer. And even if someone compliments him by saying he's not his father, in his head, Kendall only thinks that you could be successful by being like Logan. Oh, yeah. So you're right. Even though that this is uh, a compliment in a way, he's not going to take it like that, and he's not going to change the way he acts. Because there could be a way Waystar succeeds with him being, you know, the quote-unquote benevolent leader. That right. follows his father. No, um, you're
2: right. Like, <laughs> Logan, uh, sorry, Kendall definitely did not take it as a compliment, and I think uh, Robbie—I don't know who made the point—but how Nate seemed like he grew up a little bit, maybe, um, maybe changed a little bit, and maybe Nate has, and Kendall still hasn't. So maybe in a couple of years he might think differently. I don't know. We've all, yeah, everyone's grown up. In the past couple of years, I think. Uh, but you I don't know, Kendall maybe hasn't. I don't know. I just all these all three of them are stunted and because they've never been told no, they've never faced adversity until probably now.
3: Yeah. Um, so Roman and Kendall are trying to find dirt on Matson during this issue, uh during this episode, and they finally strike gold on the balcony with Ebba. Uh, we'll get into a little bit more Ebba stuff with Matson. But was
2: the gold they struck Matson's jacket? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> nice. Nice. Unbelievable. So I'm glad you're thinking of these witty ones. Uh, yeah. Um, And then, you know, we'll cut right to the chase here to the end of the episode with Kendall. Uh, Kendall talks to Frank and says and tells him the. The India info. Uh, Frank doesn't want to hear it at first, but at first, but when he, he tells him the numbers, Frank kind of has that aha moment uh and he wants to go full viking or reverse viking and acquire Gojo again and make Waystar Royco bigger than ever. Um and he basically in- intimates that he will cut off Roman and Shiv if needed. One head, one crown. What would you guys think of Kendall's power play here at the end of the episode? Ryan,
2: I loved it. Um I'd like, you know, I'd love to see where this goes. I mean, I, I'd love to say that this entire time I thought Mattson was a fraud, but I didn't. Uh, but I think it's great that he actually is because as much as I hate Kendall, I hate Matson more. He's just such a fucking petulant child.
3: And I And we really got that this week. Like we got hints of it, but this this week was like, all right, this is who this guy really is.
2: Big time. No one like what a piece of shit. And we were, were you gonna bring up the argument between Matson and uh Kendall, like when we talk about Matson?
3: Yeah, but I mean feel free now if you want to talk yeah, about it. I mean
2: it basically I know we're talking Kendall, but yeah, Matson is I said before, like people just going for whatever hurts the most, but his was like seventh grade your numbers are gay like he had nothing to say and like the whole episode he walks in making noise when they're having a moment of silence not that he knew wearing a ridiculous jacket he's just fucking vaping inside someone's house stepping all over things yelling and screaming like what a fucking child and i mean kendall wasn't much better but he was better he was kind of making points but not Directly making points when he was arguing with Matson, and uh, I mean, love to see if this goes through this reverse Viking. But things are definitely in motion, maybe more so than they've ever been this whole season, as far as Kendall making moves Endgame. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah.
3: My favorite part was when he's like, "Oh, your numbers are gay," and Kendall's like, "Oh, what'd you say?" What? And he's like like <laughs> seriously? He's like, Eddie, he, Eddie Matson just goes gay. <laughs> <laughs> Which like is
2: A even even years ago when and I'm not saying that it was ever like completely acceptable, but it was more acceptable than it is today to say something like that. But it just sounds so weird now, right? It to sounds so weird.
0: Something.
2: But it's like even back then you would have been like, seriously, that's what you're saying? Like that's, <laughs> yeah, so you that's got. your argument, my yeah, numbers cool, are gay. Cool. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Good good one, guy. Um yeah. but even especially now, it's like even worse. It's like, dude, where have you been the past like ten years? Like no one yeah. says that
1: shit.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, Robbie, what do you think about it? the? Ken- <laughs> it was uh, Robbie. What do you think about the Kendall Power moves here?
1: I like it, but again, i I really want, I really wanted the siblings to, uh, you know, band together. But obviously, that that can't happen. I mean, I see them, Roman and kendall you know i thought they were on the same page but i guess i guess kendall just wants to just be stone cold assassin like his dad and just take over like like one head one crown so i was i was a little not shocked or surprised i was just a little upset because i was hoping that it it would be either the both of them or they'd all come together as far as what ryan said i 100 percent didn't think matchton was a fraud as well i did i did think he was a complete piece of shit loser but i mean (laughs) this is this is what it is man this is this is just real fucking life with these tech guys man they're just fudging shit lying about shit some of them a bunch of frauds and that's all it is and and i wouldn't say that i'm not happy that he's a fraud or i do like to see some of these people get their uh Get their I don't even know the word, but come up with get their due diligence. Yeah, they up come up and get their due diligence and get fucked over in the end. I would I'd love that because I think some of these people are just truly evil fucking human beings. So yeah, it was a great touch. And he he lost me at the uh at your numbers of gay comeback. That's the that's one of the worst comebacks of all time. <laughs>
3: so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um it's very interesting how this whole Gojo thing has played out and someone laid it out on the Succession Reddit today and we're bleeding into Mattson here a little bit but I feel like, you know, we could just skip over that when we get to him, but this whole situation with Gojo is Logan and Kendall see tech coming that's going to not put them out of business but basically tank their business. They find Gojo who is a good app but doesn't have content. The and they want to buy it. The, new, the news comes out that this might happen, inflates the price of Gojo. Gojo gets so big with investors that they now think that they could buy Waystar. And then now we've gone completely back on it where Kendall's pumped up the price of Waystar and could potentially sink their stock and then end up being back where we started from. So I just thought, you know, as not that I wasn't super into the whole Gojo thing, like now, kind of seeing how that whole thing is played out, I do like like the long storm, the long form storytelling of this whole situation. Um, now you I like. Go ahead. And now you see why Matson is
1: so eager to get this deal Quick. done. Yep. Right, because quickly, because he knows that his fucking numbers are, are are fraudulent, and he knows that he's not as as real as he portrays himself yeah. to and be. And he
3: says it's all going to get lost in the shuffle once Waystar gets bought um i I liked uh, you know we've had far too little frank these last two episodes not to mention please the lack the please do i have to say it i know you're gonna say but say it the lack of carl in this episode is just frankly (laughs) frankly unforgivable and no pun intended with the frankly there
0: yeah
3: um but you know i mentioned in episodes three and four the the kendall and frank relationship it was nice that for them to have a scene and you know Frank, in some ways, Kendall's ride or die. You know, like he—he's the one that, if anybody's going to give him a million chances, it's going to be Frank. Because I just think Frank sees that little kid. Um, so I think a smooth move by Kendall going after Frank first in this situation. And
1: speaking of that, their relationship, and you know, him always being like his ride or die. I guess I went back and watched. I think it was episode six, season one, when they did the try to do the the bear hug. I guess. And Frank was in it with Kendall, thought mm-hmm. it was a great idea, and was with him the entire time and, and and you know, obviously got fired because of it, but he was sticking by him that whole time and Yeah, even right and, in front of Logan. Yeah, which was I thought it was great. I forgot how great that scene was, how intense that was.
3: Yeah. Uh any thoughts here on Kendall? I think Kendall's gonna die. <laughs> See now I kind of thought that, but And there was that whole Romulus thing. I honestly think Kendall Endgame gets Waystar, Shiv cuts him out of his life, her life completely, and and Roman dies, and and Kendall's just left with nothing besides the company. Because obviously he's he's had a bad relationship with the kids. He's already fighting with Rava to the point where she's just gonna be like, "Fuck you, dude." Yeah. I can almost see that being the ending for Kendall, where he gets ultimately what he wanted, but he has nothing. Right. Except mm, Gary. Except Gary. I mean, Gary. Uh, All right. What? So final thoughts on Kendall? Anybody?
1: Just a nah. fucking dingleberry.
3: Oh, all stinks.
2: right. I love that so he showed to- up to that restaurant earlier in the episode with just like, he looked like he came from, Fucking salvation army with
1: those clothes. And I'm sure, sure that those
2: work. I'm sure that they were worth thousands of dollars. That crew neck sweatshirt.
1: That's Jean George. You don't go to Jean George looking like that. Yeah, right.
3: <laughs> uh Kendall the Streetwear God. So <laughs> we got a quick one here. Uh Roman and Jerry. I put them together for their scene. Uh so I first of all I love the Jerry impression. I had to like rewind on the second watch because did you notice like how good he did the jerry impression when he asked for the martini yeah um jerry basically tells roman she's not coming back she wants eye watering sums of money hundreds of millions of dollars uh she wants to control the narrative on her exit and threatens to release the dick pics if anything to the contrary comes out and in the last kind of knife to the gut of roman on the way out tells her tells him she could have gotten him there. Uh, Ryan, what did you think about the scene between Roman and Jerry?
2: Well, real quick, when she says I could have gotten him there. Oh no, I'm an idiot. I know exactly what she meant. Like gotten him over the hump and made him yeah. a leader or whatever. Yeah, thing. not
1: not to make him come. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um I fully expected this conversation to happen at some point or some form of it. Um, you can't You can't do what Roman did and then also fire her or treat her poorly and expect her to just be like, all right, cool, whatever you say. Like, Jerry, we know, is maybe one of the most capable and intelligent person people in this show. So she's not going to she's not going to just be like, yeah, all right, sure. Sexually harass me, even though she played into it uh a little bit um and then fire me and you know kind of try and cut me out like i'm gonna get what's mine and i love that she went for it i mean i don't know if roman will go for it he might just say fuck it yeah whatever release the picks maybe it i guess depends on if he's proud of his dick or not
3: i i think too it um you know roman says my dad fired you hundreds of times or something to that effect right. or i was feeling fiery um the difference there and this is again something that roman doesn't understand is they jerry and logan had so much history history and they came up together and they built this thing and she doesn't have that with roman like as much as he thinks he's his father and he could just keep doing the actions of the father it's not the same thing and she's just sick of it. Uh Robbie, what do you think about the scene between Roman and Jerry? Yeah, to your point, even <clears throat> when he tries to get her
1: <clears throat> to to you know, get Logan to kind of back off of what he did at the the season finale in in season 3, she she just doesn't doesn't care. She um I just think that she's probably one of the like Ryan said one of the smartest people in the show capable of running this company as she was, as she did before. I think that she is upset because I think that she, she hundred percent believes that she could have got Roman there to the top. But I mean, now that Logan's gone, she knows her worth, right? She, she doesn't, she's not tied to anybody in that company. She can find a job wherever she wants. Um, I think you definitely can't be sending your dick to, you know, a, a lady in the company even though it is a decent dick but <laughs> <clears throat> you can't be doing that and uh i thought it was a great scene a sad scene i hope we hope this isn't the last we see of jerry i mean i would probably see her at the funeral but i i hope it's not the like one of the the last few scenes we see in this in the show but i also think that i just think it was it was it was a sad scene i think i hope she gets the the, the money she deserves and uh dude no i mean nobody nobody on television plays awkwardness as good as kieran Culkin. just everything is so fucking awkward <laughs> he can't even he can't even formulate a sentence without just being awkward or saying something stupid and uh
3: yeah that boy is i'll fucking... I'll, I'll bullet your points <laughs> it's right. so st- like he's
1: kidding these adults are coming back with with childish comebacks get the yeah. gay and i'll bullet your points it's like come on and then um He's just he's literally just fucking falling apart at the seams. Yeah. And then
2: like right after this conversation, he goes at your boy. And in this episode, I kind of loved him, our boy, and just takes it out on them like a fucking child, like like insults Connor, insults Connor's wife, his quote unquote wife. Like he does the fucking thing. And like Connor's just like, fuck you. See you later.
3: Yeah, uh, that's a good point. And, you know, I was going to say this parallels, this keeps happening to Roman, where something doesn't go his way. And then he goes and takes it out on somebody else. Yep. And, you know, we mentioned he doesn't like, you know, he, maybe he's just not reacting right to women in power. But I think now we're seeing it's just him getting pushed to a point and he just can't control himself. Right. You know, whether it's whether it was to joy, take it out on someone. Yeah, whether it was with, with uh Joy or Jerry, or now Jerry again, but she cut the conversation off. He then went and found somebody else to take his day out on. So I think that's uh that was the point I was gonna make there. Um any last thoughts on Roman and Jerry? So the rest that's of the Roman piece. stuff <laughs> please. Uh the rest of the Roman stuff I think we'll touch on with, with Connor. Uh but before we do that, let's Talk about Matson. So he enters the party during Kendall's speech. Uh, he was an asshole to Ebba right in the beginning. I uh, can't read my handwriting here. Oh, he's making the rounds with Shiv and doing nope. some good work there. Uh, Shiv tells Matson she wants a high position. Uh, and then we get Greg before the Matson storyline takes a big turn. Greg sits in with the Swedes and offers to fire Ebba and Ebba leaves before dishing the dirt. So what do we think about the first half of Matson's episode here, Robbie? I thought it was like, I love it. Super awkward coming in
1: during the moment of silence is just chef's kiss. (laughs) Uh, You got the big, the big Viking in the background, just fucking just being a lunatic loud (laughs) as can be. Um, i thought it was well, like i don't know about Matt man he just comes in and like the way he just like positions his like head like he's just towering <laughs> over everybody but like his <laughs> neck is just slumped down and i'm like what's this guy doing but i did love his interactions with with tom he just he just kind of played tom and called tom out tom out on his sucker suck up and he just yeah. like asked him like what kind of what kind of i guess person are you in the office and tom's like Oh, what do you like? <laughs> he's like, Oh, he's like, I see. And and then basically told, and we came back over there with shifts saying, oh, Yeah, I'm about to take a shit down your um, husband's husband's mouth.
3: He's going to tell me it tastes like coconut.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Is I that the worst
3: great?
2: answer you've ever seen to a work related question?
3: I feel like that was the thing you said on your first job interview. Not yeah. you're the fucking head whatever of the, you, the network. whatever you want. <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm here I mean, start. there's so
3: many better. Yeah, exactly. There's so many better ways to answer that. You keep like, well, in some situations I like to be high level, and in yeah. others I get down and then you know. Uh yeah. Ryan, what'd you think of Matson's charm offensive?
2: Oh, he's I mean Robbie Robbie hit it out of the park with that. It's just he's just so awkward and he just he is every nerd tech bro that's a fucking millionaire now, but that is still awkward as fuck and just takes it out on people because they're maybe a little bit smarter in some ways um but when it comes down to it they're fucking stupid children yeah i want really say something to real quick yeah go yeah. ahead
1: i think we can all agree that he's he's playing shit right as well well when he doesn't really
3: commit to giving her a position or kind of wants to yeah. see where it goes I think so. He definitely doesn't want to commit to anything for sure. Yeah. And that, that could be the reason why, because once he gets the information he needs, he probably just cut her out. Yeah. He just wants to use him for, to get between the the brothers.
2: Yeah. Or he's going to start mailing her like fingernails or pieces of hair or something.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So the other, you know, the other part of this first half of the episode with Matson, uh, is his interactions with Ebba. They're getting very contentious with each other. Um, almost to the point where all the secrets that they had between them are just being flagrantly talked about just because they they both kind of seem like they're done with each other at this point. Uh, Robbie, what'd you think about that?
1: I thought it was just very contentious, man, between the both of them. Uh, Ebba obviously has had enough. A communications director who doesn't like to communicate. Uh, That's a little juxtaposition right there. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't, Fully enjoy that. I didn't like the way uh, Matson was going at her. Uh, I, underst- I don't understand why he did that. Just uh, looks like a scorned little immature lover that really can't control himself in those situations. And and just the, all of them just kind of ganging up on, on her uh, in that moment. Kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. And then she went upstairs to have a nice little fucking smoke. Looked like she had some spirits in her hand <laughs> or, or some no- Norwegian cigs. And then the two brothers going out there thinking that they were just going kind to of be like, Yay, hey, you know, you how okay? you feel? You're right. How's everything? When then it just not going out. They don't give a fuck how she's feeling. They just want to get information from her. And she she kind of didn't really squeal, squeal, but told them some of the most important details that needed to be told and something that's like setting up the final three episodes as a, as a race to the finish to see what's going to happen with the company and and if it, the deal's even going to go through now. Ryan, what do you think
2: question. about the Ebbets? Go ahead. Why if you're Matt and why the fuck do you bring Ebba anywhere? Like why would he bring her there? She the obvious the relationship is obviously contentious. You don't this isn't like a I mean, I guess it's to a certain extent a business meeting, but A, you know that she's awkward at parties. B, it's not like a actual business meeting. I mean, maybe he maybe he was doing it to fuck with her a little bit or something. I don't know.
3: I I guess she's such a high level person in the company that she needs to kind of be around. But it might be just one of those control things, too, for Matson. Yeah, it could be. You know, like he he's so scorned that he. If she doesn't want to be with me, I'm going to make her be around just because because I can. Right. So and did was it? Eber didn't tell or
2: did she, but it was an earlier scene, <laughs> not with the two brothers, but who said to who that Mattson is actually full of shit? Like, he didn't write any of the code. It was Ebitel's, yeah. Ebitel tells, Eva Eva tells the brothers. Shiv that, I think? I, or someone I, else?
3: I, yes, because I think she he tells Shiv that after uh they have the first awkward conversation right. when Shiv goes to say hello to them. Yes,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. and then And I wonder, I mean, I guess she's probably just like, fuck it. This guy's a piece of shit. I don't care if I fuck him over. And it's just like, I'm telling the brothers
3: about India and let it burn. Yeah. Um, So we get a confrontation between Shiv and Matson where she brings up the India numbers Uh, and kind of like Robbie said before, this is probably why Matson wants to close the deal so quickly. Uh, so they have their argument, and then this man has the unmitigated gall to <laughs> shit all over New York City. And Ugh. if I wasn't done with Madsen before that, I am completely done with him now. There's uh, one get... thing you do not do to people who live in New York,
2: and is, that is trash <laughs> New York. Now, that is for you, Benny, sure. or any of us that live in New York can talk all the shit we want about New York. Yes. But nobody comes into our town and talks shit about it. Every single no. New Yorker would be like, fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. It's like that one kid, you know, the one guy you have in your friend group where everybody kind of takes the piss out of them. But then as soon as somebody else outside the group says something to them, uh, it's like, no, 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 nobody. no. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to say anything.
2: He's our piece of shit, not yours.
3: Yeah. Uh he says that, you know, anything that you can do in New York, you can do anywhere else. And Kendall tells him he should get that on a mug. And then we get the uh, the fight between Kendall and Mattson, which, you know, I I enjoyed that. And I did enjoy Kendall kind of getting the better of him in that yeah. situation. You know, self-inflicted wound by Mattson by going straight to the, pulling the gay card. Uh, but I love the hug, the kisses. Oh And then, so uh, yeah. you know, they love the deal. I mean, let's see. What else can you say? Yeah, love, love, the the love the deal. Love the deal. Love the deal. <laughs> Love the deal. Uh, so, Robbie, what did you think about Matson's downward spiral? The second half of this episode, I loved it. I loved that he was wearing the Kyrie's because, just like Kyrie, he's full of shit. Um,
2: oh, <laughs> you think that was a conscious choice by the costume designer?
3: It Could be. It
1: could be. I, I mean, mean, who knows?
3: Everything they do is with a purpose.
1: Yeah, I uh, I loved it. I I. I don't know. I don't know what it is about me that just loves to see people who think that they're so smart just get the shit pounced on them. Um, I just loved it, <clears throat> Kendall. Uh, Kendall played a cool man. He was cool, calm, and collective, and he he had a couple a of, couple of little, little zingers and stuff like that. But yeah, I <clears throat> I love it. Don't shit on New York. We can only shit on New York because we live in New York. Where else can you go? and get some fucking fantastic Thai food on a Monday night. So I was kind of, yeah, I, 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 maybe I uh, Thailand. yeah, probably <laughs> maybe Singapore. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I kind of stepped on that one. All right. Where no, are, no, where I was, can, was, you were right. Where can you find fucking life-size rats at, on a Tuesday night?
2: <laughs> They're eating Thai food. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Eating Thai <laughs> food, but like sitting yeah. at a table. Yeah. <laughs> No, I I enjoyed it. I, I thought this was a great scene. I thought it was awkward at best, Mattson. Nobody plays the awkwardness as good as Mattson and or Kieran Culkin. So, yeah, I thought it was a great scene.
2: I like when, uh, speaking yeah. of Roman, sorry, Benny, speaking of Roman quick, when uh, Mattson says something and he's like, yeah, cool, bro, tweet about it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is the second time we've kind of seen them get, you know, heated with each other. And Kendall kind of comes out on top. I mean, not so much in Norway maybe they fought to a draw there but you know it seems like Kendall came out on top on this one yeah Uh, and his zing
2: like his zingers and his his argue his points in the argument weren't like super salient but they were like they were calm and they weren't childish so like he definitely came out as the the better looking party I guess
3: and he's almost like, "Hey, bro, you want to lie about your numbers? Mine are just projections. So, yeah, you know, I have deniability. You're an idiot." Yeah. Um. And and just shout out Ally Ken for calling out the homophobia. Yeah. True. The guy. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, what are your thoughts on this? On these scenes here with with Mattson in the second half of the episode? No, I mean I agree, and I and
2: I interrupted both of you with with points as well. So no, I like I that. Ca-
3: no, bounce it around.
2: Yeah, I kind of I kind of mentioned you know what I thought, but um. I love like Robbie. I love seeing people get their comeuppance, get their I'm just desserts. It. I fucking love it. Someone like Matson, who, you know, and we we're only we only know what we're shown, but I feel like I could see him with the you know the the pictures that people love to post online of people like Elon or uh, Mark Zuckerberg or people like that, where they look like fucking dorks and now they're rich and powerful and they're cool quote-unquote cool i don't know who thinks they're cool but um that's who i feel like uh mattson is he was just a super dork kind of probably smarter than a lot of people and and rode that till to where he is now and is just as soon as he's actually challenged by kendall of all people he just goes childish and is like you know, like you could almost watch him getting worse and worse. Where he's like, "Oh, your projections," and Kendall's like, "Yeah, my projections. What about your numbers?" And he's just like, <laughs> "Yeah, you numbers, know again. <laughs>
3: <Yeah. laughs> he's like, "But your numbers, your numbers." <laughs> Come um, on. like, yeah. Shout out to shout out to Kendall there. Uh, any last Last thought. Oh, so what do we think? Is the Gojo deal dead, Ryan?
2: the The iteration that is on the table right now officially is dead. I don't know if I'd say that the the deal as a whole is dead. Gojo may still acquire uh, acquire Waystar in some capacity. Maybe Waystar acquires Gojo. Um, maybe it fizzles out and nothing happens. I don't know. I don't. I definitely think things are changing. I just don't know how far they will change.
3: Maybe finally Kendall finally gets his bear hug on and bear hugs Gojo. Maybe. Robbie, what do you think? Deal dead?
1: I, I think the deal is dead for Gojo acquiring Waystar. I don't think the deal is dead for Waystar acquiring Gojo. I just think that they can't... Uh, I just don't see them putting so much emphasis on Matson this season and this deal for it just to go completely away and not... Something not happen. Yeah. Whether that's the deal falling apart or vice versa, or there's the a Waystar acquires Gojo. I think something has to happen. And I think that it's all gonna go down in some sort of flames.
3: All right. What do you what think? You, I agree with you both. I agree with you both. Okay. I think that we're what Kendall says at the end of the episode is probably where we're gonna end up. So before we get into America's favorite games, we retreated. To a very heavy Connor episode, the Conheads are eating right. Uh, Connor is exploding in Alaska, with four, five, maybe six percent of the vote in Alaska, which is uh, possibly throwing things off for Menken. Uh, Mencken wants him to drop out of the race. He sends Roman to offer him a few ambassadorships, but he starts first <laughs> with Sol- uh, Somalia, which is a little car bomby for Connor. A little car bomby. <laughs> Uh he comes back with the slows, Slovakia and Slovenia. Connor's a no on the slows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Connor offers up Connor offers up uh South Korea, which is a no-go. Uh and then top 10 GDP, re- baby. Yeah. He quickly rebuttals with North Korea, and that's quickly shot down by everybody, but he says, Hey, nobody knows what's going on there. And that's why he <laughs> needs to be there. Um And then, uh, sorry, Roman tells him he's a no for anywhere that has nukes, and Connor is offended and says, well, I don't want to be anywhere that doesn't have nukes. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, it seems like he gets the deal he's looking for uh, because he has to go talk to his Woman about Oman uh, and potentially (laughs) being the ambassador of Oman. (laughs) Uh, But they decide not to, and we get the scene where uh, Roman comes in after the, the scene with Jerry and basically tells him, stop fucking around. Take the the ambassadorship. He insults uh, Connor and Willa, calls her his wife, quote unquote. And Connor, with one of the lines of the episode, says there's one person in here who doesn't think I'm a joke. So that's who I'm going to listen to. And if you go back and watch this scene, uh, Matson's in the background. Yep. And when he says there's one person here that doesn't think I'm a joke, you see Batson pointing to himself. (laughs) Uh, I love it. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, we've seen Connor be very poignant this season, you know, as much of a a joke as the campaign seems to be. uh, You know, Connor seems like he's very comfortable with who he is at this point. So, Robbie, as a resident member of the Conheads, talk to me about Connor this episode.
1: First off, we were eating fucking good in the neighborhood with the con men this week. <laughs> I th- I think we've ca- we called it in the beginning of the show once it started that Connor was gonna have something to say about the election. He was gonna be involved with something, something was gonna happen. I think that's I think we were able to pull it out of our our tush. I loved it. Uh I love my man from Perfect Strangers making an appearance again. I thought yeah. that was great as as Connor's advisor. Um I just thought they, they just gave uh, Connor such good fucking written material this episode. I loved it. I think that, honestly, like he's done such a 180 as the kind of person that he's become. I mean, I know he's still a scumbag, obviously. They all are. But he does seem the most genuine. And as much as we made fun of or everybody thought that that relationship was a sham, which it still could be, I mean – in their early seasons of this episode it's the most real relationship i feel like we have on the show between those two like uh, yeah if anything they're
3: just completely open and honest with each other and what the other one wants and needs exactly
1: and i i was i love that line that he said that the only is like one person that takes me seriously and he's gonna listen to her and i and i love that um i hope he doesn't go to oman i hope he does fuck up the selection a little bit but i don't know we'll see what happens but i i thought again i mean if there's a, a, a sleeper MVP, it's the con man this season because the boy is fucking doing it right.
3: Ryan, am I formally inducting you into the con heads this week? I would like to humbly, <laughs> extremely
2: humbly, submit my application to be a conhead. <laughs> oh,
3: Welcome, buddy. Welcome. Yes.
2: no he was great this episode Uh, i i agree with you guys i mean he's still connor but he just seems like he grew up a bit um I, i mean maybe it's a result of the campaign maybe it's a result of the relationship with willa i don't know um but i love that he was he was real and like was just like no like i put a bunch of work into this Like, why would I just give it up the night before because you're asking me to? Like, fuck you. He was right. He said, I think he said something to the effect of like, yeah, I might only get like four or five percent, but I could get book deals out of this, things like that. You know, like he he's not like a nobody. Four or five percent in a presidential election is a pretty big deal. Um, and I think if anyone should be proud, it should be you, Benny, for calling that this would potentially happen. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen yet, but the, you know, the talking heads are saying that Connor's going to potentially affect the election and swing it towards uh, Jimenez.
3: See, and I, I think that that's a red herring. Could I be. think they're, I think that they're saying that it's going to take votes away from Mencken. But I think, like I said, it's gonna be Mencken that ends up becoming president because, because you know independents Conor. or or Democrats didn't like so they just you know gave their vote to to Connor or didn't show up. So I and, do think so that was my original prediction, but I'm I'm gonna stick with it here.
2: Okay. And I, I think we saw in the last couple presidential elections that the polls are not always accurate. I mean they're yep. they're projections, they're based on who knows what metrics, but uh, yeah, I'm curious to see what happens next week. I'd I'd love to see a Connor heavy episode and hopefully he doesn't make me regret joining the official association of conheads. No, I don't
3: be
1: you're a member and you're a member for life. For life. <laughs> I don't I I hundred percent think I agree with you. I hundred percent think that Mankins winning the election. There's no yeah. way that I just that's just I just feel like that's gonna happen. Also, can I just play a few Connor hits this season? Got, ma- got married. Mm-hmm. Sixty-three million dollar apartment complex he got over there in the city. Uh he's basically the the head guy in charge of uh, Logan's uh, funeral. He's going to see him. He's <laughs> making sure he looks good. The funeral committee. He's the funeral committee, and he's got just a fa- he's got the fa- he looks fantastic in suits. The man's just killing this season. What a handsome! Do you know how
3: old he is? 60 something right yeah he's like 62 wow, or 63 he looks great he
1: yeah. was like almost 30 years old in Ferris Bueller yeah best movie ever um,
3: but i do uh-huh. want to bring up your point ryan where you know the confidence and <laughs> the he you know obviously he got the money from logan but he built this whole campaign you know like he didn't obviously you hire people to do it but like this is something that i think he's proud of like you know you, you know people can laugh at the 1% the 2% the 4% in Alaska, but like that to, you know, to even get that, like you said, is it's nothing to sneeze at. And I think that's probably part of what Willow was talking to him about and being like, no, I mean, you've gotten it this far. You spent all this money. You have people that are going to vote for you. Stick with it. Is that so
2: you mentioned his advisor is his advisor. One of the people he met at the Pierce meeting. Yeah. I fucking knew it. So like,
3: yeah, he, he might be right. Pierce.
2: He may be, cause we don't know what his campaign is, is about really at all. He may be, cause Pierce seems like they're historically on the left or that they're typically on the left. And, you know, maybe the, the Roy's or ATN is on the right. Maybe he's this advisor swung him towards picking up independent lefts and it swings it to Mankin. I don't know Well, I get. We'll yeah, find because out because
3: he, He might be getting, you know, getting some one issue voters. And with that guy in his ear, he's, you know, maybe some of his policies are conservative because it kind of seems like that's where Connor is on on the spectrum. But, you know, with this guy in his ear, he may have thrown some things in there that were kind of appealing to a lot of people. Yeah. And, you know, some people might like that. Most Um, people
2: are in the center. Right. It's probably with a couple. You're right. With a couple of. Issues he could have grabbed you know a couple Independent lefts independent rights Whatever
3: yeah So very happy for Connor In this episode he was Great he Looked great like Robbie said Uh, Does anybody have any last thoughts on Connor Here before we move on
1: Shock the world Connor Shock (laughs) the world Ryan No I'm good Great to be in the
3: crew Just (laughs) welcome Just a couple of miscellaneous things I had written down here. Uh, Jimenez is in the lead, but I think that that's a red herring. Uh, Connor, excuse me, Kendall and Roman referring to the two groups as the libtards and the Nazis kind of showing their hand that they're not necessarily really on either side. They're on Um, the side from they're in the green party for money. Yeah. Yep. Um, I had Greg with the firings and the layoffs on Zoom, but we don't really need to touch on that too much. That was uh, apparently
2: based on a real life occurrence. Yeah,
3: Better.com or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, pieces of shit. Uh, I think that was it. Yeah. So, what do you say? Any final thoughts? Plum Watch revisited for anybody? Ryan, Plum Watch revisited or no?
2: I st- I stand by my my rating, but I don't remember what I said. Like eight point one in that range. Okay. Very good episode. I thoroughly enjoyed it. One thing, one quick thing I wanted to mention—you just kind of brought it up, and I think Robbie mentioned it earlier—was, you know, the, we talked about the forty most important people in America. They were from the whole spectrum. It wasn't just a bunch of people on the right because of ATN. It was people on both sides. These are just people who are in it for money and power. It the sides don't mean shit. So yeah. And that's probably how it really is, which is fucked up.
1: Who who were like some of these people based off of like the podcast <clears throat> whatever, Queen and like that, that those two older, like that one older couple, like did we ever get oh. like any, didn't read anything like who they were supposed to be portraying?
2: No, I didn't see anything. Uh, old, powerful people. Yeah, fuck them all. It was funny <laughs> when Kendall was doing his speech and he's just like, uh, who's here? Who's here? Oh, you guys, uh, stay away from these guys.
3: Yeah, uh, you know what uh, I caught in that that scene too is he. You know he thanks everybody for being there. He thanks Shiv for throwing the party, not Tom, and, and completely glosses over Tom when you see it. Kind of, Tom's like, Man, oh fuck you. Yeah, yeah.
2: Just the whole night was him
3: getting fucking needled. Yeah, that's for you. You have a
1: stay crying during a layoff. <laughs>
3: Dude. So what do you say uh, Ryan do you want to take it away with America's two hottest new games
2: Sure I just want to say Robbie you are really Hot about Tom and that call
1: Yeah because I've been there before And it's not
3: fucking
2: it's fun up. Right. No, and I know. People,
1: and, and people They they take it as a fucking As a joke and it's just people's lives man They have kids houses and it's not cool it's fucked up. They can go fuck themselves and he, and he didn't like He didn't like what ship was doing he was worried about his job Don't get me fucking started because I can go I'm for sorry. Another fucking hour on that
2: but that's the Sorry. beauty of this show is that all of these people from our vantage point are pieces of shit because they are selfish, greedy, power hungry, and don't give a fuck about people like us. No. But never. we still sympathize with some of them or like some of them, which is fucking insanity.
1: Yep. We're stupid. Stupid stupid boys. We are
2: stupid. Bread and bread and circus. That's um, it. So yeah. Let's play America's fastest and most popular growing game. What, Bonnie and Benny, you want to say something?
3: No, I was just dancing to the... Just getting excited for the (laughs) game? Yeah. Um, Yeah.
2: Why don't we start with the Logan Roy Memorial Serious Person of the Week Award? And I think this week we start with... I have no idea who starts.
3: I think it's me. I think the last couple of weeks... I think you're right. All right, so...
2: Benny must have a good choice because he wants to go first.
3: Yeah. I, you well, know what? Honestly, it. I am 100% not prepared for this, so I'm going to completely wing it. Uh, my And I'm going to say this extra long so I can think while I'm Thank. doing it. My Logan Roy <laughs> memorial serious person of the week this week is, I think I may have done this back-to-back, or but I got to do it. Kendall, again. Wow. On top. Great fight with Matson. He wins it. And serious, I mean, you know, we talk about there not being too many chess moves in this show, but I think we're, you know, we've seen a big one played in this episode to the point where he's going to cut out Shaven Roman and, you know, pull the reverse Viking and, and and acquire Gojo. So he's my Logan Logan Roy, serious person, memorial fun factory. <laughs> <laughs> When you stumble over you just got to go full full into it. Yeah.
1: Who's next, me or you, Robbie? I think it's me.
2: All right, go ahead.
1: Well, my Logan Roy Memorial MVP Fun Factory person <laughs> of the week is none other than the goat of goats, my main man. The man's pulling 4%, 5%, 6%. They're saying... In Juneau, they're saying four more years. <laughs> and that is <laughs> and that is my man, Connor Roy. The man has been a tour de force this season. He has finally, after 60 plus years on his planet, has come into his own. He's finally seen the full potential that he has. The weight has been lifted off of him since his father has, has kicked the bucket. He has taken full advantage of himself, like Benny said. He has taken over. He has, you know, grabbed his presidential campaign by the reins. He's done it all by himself. Yes, he used probably his father's money, but it's all him. Him and Balky's roommate from Perfect Strangers. They're they're fucking doing what Larry. they have to do. Larry, shout out, Larry. Love the uh Millard Fillmore beard. But uh yeah, Connor man, the man's doing it. Can't wait to see what happens next episode. And that boy's got the pick of the litter. He could be an ambassador wherever he wants at the moment. So he's got a smoking hot wife and he's just living a dream. So the con man, the con heads unite. We love you. And you're my Logan Roy Memorial, uh, central park fun factory (laughs) one person of the week.
3: I think too, man, just the way he delivered the jokes in this episode, he was just on one. (laughs) He He was was on a heater. This whole episode. He had a twinkle in his eye. Oh man.
2: Wouldn't you if you were pulling at four, five, six percent in Alaska?
3: Yeah. And Willow was your wife. Come on, guys. Like you said, living the dream.
2: Living the dream.
3: Uh, Well, my Logan Roy Memorial
2: Super Fun Factory <laughs> Motherfucker <laughs> of the Week award. So the person who won this week for me is Jerry. Nice. Because yeah, I, she, she is either going to get eye-watering amounts of money or she's going to bring Roman and potentially more down in flames with her. So I'm curious to see if, you know, Robbie, I know you had said like, you know, I hope this isn't the last we see of her. I hope not either. I hope more comes of this. Um, But we'll see. But she definitely definitely won. We'll see how much she won when we get to the showcase showdown. (laughs)
0: Love
2: it. And the next fastest growing game in America is the shit show at the fun factory of the week, which is the person or persons who fucked up or who lost this week. And for me, uh, I was I have a number of choices, I feel like this week, but I'm going to go with my man, Lucas Madsen, because he he. Just shit the bed all over himself this week, thanks to his poor relationship with Ebba because I'm sure he didn't treat her properly. Sent a blood, of course. You send someone blood, they're gonna spill the beans. Come on, oh man. yeah, that's relationships one on one.
3: It's it's crazy that it's gone on this long.
2: It is. So he the the secrets out about India. The secret's out that he's not a coder. He's a fucking front. And this is all PR. The secret's out that he is a fucking child and can't argue with adults. So he, re- and he was wearing Kyrie's. So he really <laughs> fucked up this week in his Good stupid pick. gold jacket. Good
1: pick. Robbie? Well, my shit show at the Fuck Factory this week, my loser of the week, and it's, of course, you can go Tom and Shiv, and we already covered that, and nobody likes to see, you know, couples break up and, and the vitriol that's thrown at one another. But I'm not going there. <laughs> My shit show at the Fuck Factor this week is is almost, I almost stopped watching the show because of this, but it's Carl, okay. um, Carl Mueller, the, the God, the CFO God, the guy who fucking crunches numbers like fucking Captain Crunch. <laughs> Like I said the, in previous episodes, what the boy did for fucking Cable is unheard of in the 90s. Yeah. We love him for that. Thank you. But anytime you can, you don't have him on for just fucking one little fucking line that he delivers in perfection. Like, I don't know. He was on such a big heater that there's really no reason for him to be to be n- not in the episode. He he better have been with a couple of bitches at <laughs> Le, Le Bernardine. Just fucking munching away on some pre-election meals uh for not, not to be at that at that party. So Carl, I hope to good God you're you're at the on the last three episodes. Cause if not, I might re- I might never watch this show again. So Carl, we love you. Carl Mueller. Ferris Bueller, hopefully we see you next week.
3: Well, you left me in pickle here because I was <laughs> certain you were gonna go with Tom or Shiv. And I was going to pick up the pieces on the other one. <laughs> Do both. But uh, I don't want to. I want to keep it pure here, babe. Sorry, honey bun. <laughs> <laughs> My shit show at the Fun Factory this week. I think it goes to Tom. Wow. I think he is left with nothing after this episode. I think even the brothers kind of see him as just useless at this point. And, you know, whatever happens with Shiv, she's got a bunch of money to fall back on. Not that Tom's broke, but, you know, I think, I think that that what's that? Excuse me. I think that's what that look is at the episode is just he realizes he's the only move he's got left, as you guys kind of talked about earlier in the episode, is burning it all down. And what does that really leave him with? So score Pants. Yes, he's got a scorpion that survived the, the blaze. <laughs> uh, so my shit show at the Fun Factory this week is Lip Bomb Tom.
2: Oh, can I do an Ani lip Mench?
3: Lip. Ani Mensch, baby. Of course, of
2: course. There's not much worse, even though he did turn it around with his charm and wit and his fucking gangly limbs. But being called the wrong name by anybody is brutal. So Ani Mensch goes to, to Gary.
3: did that on purpose too.
1: Oh, yeah. Dude, I laughed so fucking so hard when he called him Gary. (laughs) Love it. Gary, what a name, too. It's the same
2: first letter. Ah, so good. But that's why I'm I'm constantly scared I'm going to call someone the wrong name, like all the time. Yeah. Yeah. People I've known for years, I'm like, pretty sure, pretty sure it's Robbie. (laughs) Fuck yeah.
0: up.
3: <laughs> that's why we change our names on the zoom so you can't cheat fuck me up
0: All right, thank <laughs> you. Uh,
2: anything else that we need to talk about
3: so oh, what do you not got to ex- some materials oh my closing line oh, no. uh, not to not to start a whole conversation but supposedly this next episode is the one that jesse armstrong said was just fucking banana pants so buckle up for episode eight boys oh my god
1: buckle
0: up
2: buckaroo
1: <laughs> get out there and vote um whatever you can do to give connor some advantages yeah if connor's not on vote. your
2: ballot write him in please yeah, please. Ugh. yeah good episode boys i, I enjoyed Very it cool. even though i had to watch it on a like a 26-inch hotel room TV at low volume.
3: <laughs> Did you watch it a second time or no?
2: I watched parts of it a second time um, nice. just a little while ago. So it mostly the argument and like a couple other pieces. Nice. Um, all right. So thank you for joining us this long. I really liked what... With Benny did here with going by character instead of scene by scene. I think that was a fucking genius move. Hopefully, you know we'll see how the episode plays out next week. Hopefully, we could do something similar, or maybe we do something different too. But uh, love the the conversation flow. So thank you, Benny. Good job.
3: Thank you guys. Good
1: job, Ben. Um, Thank
3: you. you.
2: And if you stuck with us this long, stick with us a couple seconds longer because you should email us podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram. All these things are in the show notes. It's fucking easy. Rate us five stars. It's easy. Ten seconds. Easy.
3: Takes. Share it with a friend that you know watches Succession. Yeah. Come on. I saw we a few more
2: left. Yeah, we got listeners all over the world. I saw the numbers.
3: Also, uh, I
1: don't know if you guys know, series finale 90 minutes. Oh. <gasps>
3: <laughs> what the fuck? How long is that podcast gonna be? Oh, oh boy, God. this one's two
1: hours. It's gonna be three and a half, four. I
2: think we should we should probably do like a like a season finale episode, and then maybe like a series wrap up
0: yeah, episode, and maybe we definitely
2: 100%. we almost had a guest tonight, uh, but maybe over the next couple of weeks. But we definitely need guests on like the series wrap ups and stuff. Yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, So Great. Thank you for listening. We love you. Robbie, tell the people good night.
1: Good night, you fucking dingleberries.
3: <laughs> fucking I'm seeing some I'm seeing some confusion in the chat, but if I've been too wordy, yes, <laughs> we're letting you all go.
0: <laughs> nice.